Two words to describe Carrie Erickson, our friend and leader. Carrie is leading the way in our community and has a very intriguing, unique style of leadership. Plus, she's my friend. Carrie is a true friend to me. Her genuine approach to friendship attracts everyone she's around. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. show we have Carrie Erickson. She's a pastor, author, and teacher. We're so thankful to have you here. You and your husband, Matt, are pastors, are wonderful pastors. You're an amazing friend to me. And so I'm just so thankful you're here with me sitting in the seat. I want to introduce you to our viewers. So thank you so much for being here with us yes, today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about our story because mm -hmm. that's one of the things we're focusing at our church right now mm -hmm. is you guys really had felt led to helping people tell their story how they actually came to have an experience a relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. not how did they come to your church mm -hmm. not how did they come to know you and Pastor Matt but really the story of them meeting Jesus mm -hmm. and so I thought with this show I thought we could really start out with you sharing your story and I know there's so much you could share. <laughs> so just take it away, whatever yeah. you want to start out with. Yeah, that was a big thing for us, not to have people share their story of how they connected to a church, right? but really how they connected to Jesus. And I think that was important to us because Matt and I both grew up in church, Yeah. but that wasn't really when we met Jesus. Right. Not that I mean, some people meet Jesus in church, but we kind of had to go on our own path for a little ways before we really met Jesus. And I, yeah. I had... I've struggled my whole life, even post pre-Jesus and post-Jesus with um, people pleasing and yeah. just trying to fit in, you know, and and that was really where I found myself when I was 18. I was at college. I just kind of gone off the wild side and deep end and really felt like God came and found me. Yeah. Like um, I wasn't at an altar call. There was nobody there to pray with me. I was alone in my dorm room and wow. I just had an encounter with Jesus and I'd never heard his voice, I don't think, uh, for myself. Yeah. I'd never um, really experienced his presence in like just alone like that. Right. I had in worship services and things like that, but I felt like God just came down and said, and, and really what he said to me was, Carrie, stop abusing my grace. Wow. And I had a vivid image of um, my tombstone. Wow. I saw the tombstone, I saw the grass, and I knew that I was being very reckless with my life at that time. And that moment, everything changed. Like I dropped out of school, I dropped out of college. I was at the University of Illinois. I went home that weekend, I knew the Lord. I just didn't know what to do, so I just went home because wow. I didn't know what to do. I was planning on going to a party decided that was probably a bad idea and went home instead. And um, so were you like an emotional wreck at that point? Like when this happened, were you sobbing? Were you, like, were no, you I, confused? I was what really somber. Like it was, it wasn't emotional at all mm -hmm. um, because I knew the truth. You know, right. I knew that what I was doing 
was not, I wasn't trying to live for God at this point. Right. Um, I kind of had it in the back of my mind of, I'll get to that later. I'll have fun now. Yeah. And that's where the abusing came into play. So explain, because um, when I grew up, I did not understand what grace really meant. Yeah. Like, I think that that's a word that is used a lot, yeah. but we really don't understand what that means. So like for our newer people listening that yeah. are newer to the faith, what does that really mean? Stop abusing my grace. You know, I didn't know. I know now what it means. <laughs> At the time, I just knew that doing what I wanted and expecting I'll just get forgiveness later. Yeah. That's what it meant. Right. So I, I don't know that I even had an understanding of how grace and mercy is not getting what we deserve, but yeah. getting God's forgiveness. I didn't understand that at the time. I just knew that knowing what to do and doing the opposite wasn't going to fly anymore. Yeah. And so for me, that was just like a, the, it was like a wake up call. Yeah. You know, I wasn't crying. Even when I went home, I was very confident and like, I'm, I'm going to go to Bible school. And my mom and dad were like, what? Like, so did God tell you to go to Bible school? Like, how did you decide you were going to Bible school? I had a friend that was going. That was it. That was literally, <laughs> I, I feel like God in a lot of ways in our life, I feel like God just does, gets me there. You know, yeah. like somehow I, now I look back and I think God put that person in right. my path and we had right. this conversation and then my parents said yes. Like, but really I didn't hear God say, go to Bible school, go with this person. It was just like, you're going to Bible school? I'll go to Bible school. That must be <laughs> the next step. And so I ended up in Florida at Bible school where my life was just radically so changed. So from the day you left college to the day you went to Bible school, like how long was that? It was two months. Oh, wow. And, and you know what's funny? I don't even remember packing up my dorm room. Like I have no memory of, wow. of leaving and getting. I just remember the moment in my dorm room and then being at Bible school. Wow. And, and so I just feel like literally God was like, you've got to get, I've got something for you. I need you to figure it out. And you obeyed. Like in yeah. my story, I, God kept telling me, you've got to do something different. You've mm -hmm. got to do something different. You've got to do something different. And I wouldn't. So right. he finally drug me back home. Yeah. But you were wise enough. You obeyed. Okay, I'm going to go a different direction. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even say why. Because I wasn't, like I said, I was, I was pretty depressed at that time, though. Yeah. I was feeling pretty low just in general, right. um, kind Isn't of aimless. Isn't it funny that, you know, you can go off to college and you think in your mind, I mean, I definitely did, like, I'm going to go party it up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have so much fun. This is going to be everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. I'm going to get the college experience. And then you get there and you're like, this does not fill one mm -hmm. tiny void in my heart. It, and it didn't. And I didn't have, I mean, I had friends, sure. I was going out, I had pledged a sorority, you know, from the outside, like it looked like the, the typical college experience, but it was just empty. Yeah. It was really empty. And so I think that's where like I was ready for, um, luckily my low point, I was 18. Right. You know what I mean? I wasn't 28 or right. 40. I was, I was so young still that, um, it almost scared me into right. being like, I gotta stop this. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. 
Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. So you came to Jesus, you go to Bible college, mm -hmm. 18 years old, yeah, and then all the way to today. Like, mm -hmm. give me kind of like the fast forward version on that yeah. because you have had an amazing experience yeah. of coming to lead our church now. Well, you know what's funny? Um, I got married at 20, and so Matt and I, um, we thought we were like on the fast track. <laughs> like, I remember we had conversations where we were like, wow, God's really like moving yeah. us forward. Like we were working in full-time ministry. Um, and you met in ministry. At ministry, yeah. we were in an internship program and yeah. I went overseas for a little while, came back and Matt and I met. Um, and we were on staff at this big church yeah. and we thought, wow, God's really moving us. Like we are, you know, and then it was like, then let's wait, then let's learn, then let's process, then let's grow. and. We went, we were at, um, moved to Georgia. We were there for a while and all of it, ups and downs, ins and outs was prep for planting our church yeah. here in Lincoln seven years ago. I mean, everything we learned, hard relationships really hurt, things we just never saw when we were 20, which I think yeah. that's 20, you know what I mean? You see everything with like, yeah. it's gonna be awesome. And it was awesome, but it was a lot of on the job training. Right. Let's say that. Okay, so in your book that you recently wrote, Inappropriate Behavior, Gender Rules and the Church, the reason I want to just bring this up is you talk about your story, mm -hmm. you talk about how you came into ministry, why you're leading a church, how you planted a church with your husband. Um, I remember reading this book, you gave me the, the pre-copy and I read it in like, a day and a half we had gone on vacation mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm just gonna read this straight through it's <laughs> so good it's so intriguing and I really got to know you in such a different way mm -hmm. by reading this book um, and I want to go to one of the quotes in here because you're really leading up to it just with what you're sharing um, it says sometimes the rhythm God has for us is uncomfortable whether it's too fast or too slow. He's not concerned with how fast you're, you arrive at the destination, but who you are when you get there. Mm -hmm. And I thought of that quote just as you were saying, like he was preparing you all along the way to plant mm -hmm. the church that you now lead. So right. tell me more about that. You know, I think one thing I'm learning um, more than ever now is that he is Jehovah Jireh, mm -hmm. that he sees in advance and he makes a way. Okay, that's one of my favorite songs. I listened so to it good. twice I this morning. I just listened to it this morning too. <laughs> it's, I, it's so good. Repeat. Yes. But I, you know, we don't see what's up ahead. Right. He does. Yep. And so we're trying to get somewhere. And I think sometimes God's like, that's not actually where I have for you to even right. go. Because I didn't think our life would pan out this way but God had a different rhythm. And it's sometimes it's really fast, like when we were like, God's really moving us. And then you feel like, why is nothing happening? But it's if we can learn to trust that God knows more than we do and yeah. he sees more than we do, then we can just be comfortable in the rhythm that we're in. Mm -hmm. 
and he's working things out in us. Right. When I was 20, I thought I was ready to write a book and preach to the masses, you know what I mean? But I hadn't learned anything yet. I mean, I hadn't been through anything really yet. God had to develop my character and my motivation for why I was doing what I was doing. And that happened through the ups and downs and all the things that we went through in 20 years. Um, My son, Logan, he came to our church a couple different times. And I think I've told you this. He said, she is the best female speaker I've ever heard. (laughs) That's nice. And that is quite a compliment. I mean, he's not really a huge compliment kind of guy anyway. (laughs) And I was just like, dang, that's really impressive. You are an amazing teacher as you you share. And you use your own personal experience Mm -hmm. so much through that. And you're so, um, sometimes... You're, you're a little bit of a comedian when you share. <laughs> you got to have a well-timed joke. That's what I believe. <laughs> you do. And you're really good at it. And I think, you know, you're able to bring in your own personal experience and yeah. bring light to it. Even though when things are so hard and heavy, you're able to lighten it up. We both work with our husbands. I work mm-hmm. with GJ, with our ministry. You work with Matt. Yeah. So you're co-leading. And you talk a lot about that. Um, I want you to just kind of give... This is such a big topic, but the the um, subtitle here says gender rules and the church. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Obviously, you're with your husband and he oversees the church. How does that all work together? Yeah. Well, when we moved here, I had been kind of aware that people were against women in ministry or didn't think it was right or whatever. But I had never really experienced it firsthand. until we moved here Mm -hmm. and I realized people were actually not staying and connecting at our church because I was on stage or because I was preaching or receiving the offering or encouraging whatever and so I really had to jump into what do I actually believe because I knew what I was called to I knew what I loved doing but I was like am I wrong like do I need to not be doing this and so Matt has always we've always been a team like we're just I mean this is so cliche to say that we're better together but literally where he's strong I'm weak and where I'm and we just work better together and so we knew we were called to plant this church together like we I couldn't have done it alone he couldn't have done it alone we needed it to do it together and so I started to dig into what does the Bible actually say about this Mm -hmm. and that's really where the book came from it was just my quest to find out am I wrong right because I didn't I don't ever want to be doing something Never. That's not what God wants. And that's one of the things I love about you is you always are like going back to scripture. Mm -hmm. What does the Bible say? What does God really want in this? And I feel like you do such a good job of telling people, hey, if you're being told something that you don't know if it's true, then go read the Bible. Go read this thing that is the 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 way to know if it's true or not. And so in your book, you share plenty of scripture Mm -hmm. to back up what you're talking about. Um, And that's one of the things I really appreciate about this because this isn't just your own opinions. It's your story. It's you being a leader and why scripture backs it up or how it backs it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge deficit in our culture today is that people don't know the word or they misinterpret the word. I'm kind of a nerd about words. (laughs) And so I love finding the root of the word and really understanding context of scripture. So that's probably 
I love to teach and do all that. So that that's part of that. But I feel like if people are equipped and empowered to read the word and they know what's actually in there, right. then in the last days, we won't be deceived. Yes. I mean, that's what the Bible says, like watch against false teaching. And I want people to know the word of God. That's why this year we encourage the church to read through the Bible in a year together because we want people to know the word. Right. And we always say, you know, don't take our word for it. Right. It's right here. Go look it up. Yeah. Go find it for yourself. Come and ask questions. Because people, I think, have been really hurt by church and scripture, honestly, right. because they don't understand it or they've had yeah. bad teaching without yeah. understanding. Yeah. You guys are constantly going back and saying, hey, you, if you're hearing this false teaching, go search it out yeah, for yourself. Find it. And, and sometimes you don't even know that it's false teaching, but something doesn't sit right. Yeah. And then a lot of times we just say, well, they said it or pastor said it right. or, well, let's dig it out. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. You've done a really great job of equipping people yeah. to know what um, resources are available to understand the right. word. On top of just reading it, other resources to help you. Yeah, I think, well, in our church, we have a lot of new believers or people who are new to relationship with Jesus. Like yeah. they've grown up in more traditional backgrounds, so they're not experienced in praying daily and you know those disciplines. And so we've tried to equip people with easy things to, um, to learn how to read the Bible better and understand it. But also there's so much power in just asking somebody, yeah. what does this mean? You know, like I think we feel dumb or we feel like, oh, I should know this. Right. But why? Why should, why should why you would know? You? That's actually, I love that about you. You always just ask. You say, I don't know what you're saying. Tell me what you're, <laughs> what does that mean? It threw me when we first met. Cause I was like, oh, okay. Like let's, we're asking questions, but you're I don't know what that word means. Tell me what you're saying. Yeah. And I just love that though. I wish more people were like that. Right. Because asking questions is how we learn. Well, you'd I, rather I have it. that than oh, the yeah. misunderstanding. Yeah, and that's what we. That's why I don't ever want. Because when you're preaching or teaching, it's a one-sided conversation, right. and that's not really fair. That's so true. If you have questions, let's talk about it. If you don't leave the church, let's talk. Maybe yeah. it was misinterpreted. Maybe I misspoke. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes pastors say the wrong thing right. on accident. You know. Right. I mean. I have lots of. I mean, it probably has happened reels. once or twice to you. <laughs> they they save them. There's coming a day when they'll all be on display. I'm sure. Oh my gosh, I want to see that so bad. Okay, I want to talk more about your marriage okay. um, because there's a couple things in. The, well, there's lots of things in the book, but I want to focus on two of them. Okay. So this this quote says, "As I have grown in my marriage, I know one thing for sure about my husband. If he's wrong, I can pray a covenant prayer to God." for my husband. God hears my heart, speaks to Matt, and Matt responds in humility and grace. That is the number one most attractive and important trait to look for in a man. If a man or woman doesn't love Jesus first and best, I would wait on tying the knot. Okay, there's a lot of stuff to unpack in that. Yeah. Um, covenant prayer. Right. So explain what that means. Okay. Tell us what that means and then kind of elaborate. Yes. So marriage is a covenant relationship. It's the most important relationship 
this side of heaven because God's a covenant God. And if you read through the Bible, you know that it's all through the covenant that we have with God and then the new covenant that he sends Jesus so that we're grafted into the old covenant and all of that good stuff. It's the promise of God. And I think when we pray in unity, in covenant with God's word for one another, there's just powerful, no, none of my prayers are answered as quickly as the prayers that I pray for and with Matt. Wow. Like we'll have, there are seasons, we don't pray together every day. Um, sorry, we just don't. <laughs> I like my, he prays too long. He thinks I pray too long. So we yeah. just kind of do our own thing. But when we're in the middle of a situation, we'll say we need to be praying together. Like if we need to make a decision or there's so something good. going on, we'll come together in covenant and pray. And I said, a lot of that came from a conversation I had with my daughter. Cause you know, she's around when I'm talking with wives and getting phone calls, pastoring people. And she started to say, I'm really afraid of getting married. Wow. I'm really scared to pick the wrong person. And I said, Emery, if you pick someone who loves Jesus and hears his voice and yeah. obeys, yeah. that's the most important thing that he hears his voice and he obeys. Cause the Lord will keep him on track. Matt wasn't this great church planner speaker when we met. And I learned the hard way. He doesn't actually want me to fix him. Yeah. It's weird, right? I know, it's so surprising. I'm like, I have all the answers <laughs> and you should know. Why don't you listen? Why don't you listen? <laughs> but but when I would just pray, and not even and I not even that I think in that specific thing I was talking about, not um, when you make a decision together and you submit to what your husband says and then he's wrong. Yeah. That's not my place to be like, should have done what I said or you were wrong. It's, it's, that's the Lord's job to convict. That's the Lord's job to make yeah. it right. And so rather, cause that's gonna put a rift in your marriage quick. Right. If you're accusatory and throw it in their face. Yeah. And so I, instead I just prayed, Lord, well, first of all, help him to continue to be confident in his decision-making. Yeah. We all make bad decisions. And, but as a wife, if we have a, a decision we're making and I think one thing and he thinks one thing and we are not moving, I will usually say, okay, we'll do it your way. I'll submit to that. Yeah. He always asks for my opinion. He always wants to know what I think, but ultimately, especially in church life, right. the decision falls on him. Right. And so I, I just believe that if we pray for our spouses and there's somebody who hears God's voice and obeys it, right. that's the guy you want. Yeah. That's the one you want because he's not gonna be perfect at 20. Right. The Lord knows it's not perfect. Neither one of us were. But we, over the course of the years, we let God work things out in us. He spoke and we obeyed and we changed and we grew. So if somebody's married to someone who does not do that right now, mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Pray, pray, don't nag, don't, uh, I just have found he doesn't want me to nag him. He doesn't want my suggestions. He, and he's a godly man and he still doesn't want my suggestions. Right. I mean, there are times for it, you sure. know, but like you should be going to church or you should be praying. You should be, I used to do that to him. Did you pray today? Did you read your Bible? Because I, I learned he wasn't doing it like me. Yeah. And so I thought it was wrong. Right. But he did it different. He did it his own way and that's okay. And so now when I'm talking to women and wives who are frustrated with their husband or their spiritual growth, I just say, Hey, We've got to give him space to learn how to do it the way that he does it, mm -hmm. not the way that you do it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's prayer. I mean, you, yeah. praying for your spouse is the most significant thing. If your spouse is lost or they're depressed or hurting, Jesus can fix way more right. than you can fix. Right.
And so that consistently daily prayer for your spouse is so important. Yeah, it is. It's so good. I remember you explaining that to me one time because I was just really struggling. And you're like, pray for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? But, but, that's but that's we your don't, whole answer? Right? No, that's it's all not, you got? <laughs> Come on, I want some counseling I here. I know this isn't the best advice, <laughs> but it, we don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe the best of us Christian women pray for our spouse every day. But I'll be like, oh, man, I haven't prayed for Matt in a while. You know, like, it's just... I feel like I I pray for GJ the most when we're struggling Mm -hmm. in some way. We may not be fighting necessarily, but we're struggling somewhere. Yeah. Or we're looking for answers. I'm like, and I pray for him instead of going and talking to him every single time. Mm -hmm. Instead, I just choose to pray. And... It has been so much easier. And I've given that advice to so yeah. many people. Yeah. Like there is a covenant marriage there. And if you go to God about it, he is going to speak yeah. to your husband yeah. in the right time. And I think God says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray right. about everything. Like right. he actually means that. Right. Like don't worry about it. Don't talk about it. Don't post about it. Yeah. Pray about it. I like the the quote. <laughs> we got to add that now. Yeah. I like the quote that says, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked yeah. about it? And it's like, it, it goes right along with Because that. usually you're not talking to the right people about it anyways. Yeah. You know, we're talking to people who are going to just let us talk. And, right. But we need people who, who say, have you prayed about it? Right. You know, that's the people we need in our life that challenge us with that. It's good. Yeah. The other thing that the other quote on um, marriage is marriage is less about figuring each other out and more about growing in a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that goes right along with what yeah. we've been talking about. What else do you have on that quote? Whenever we meet with couples, the first question we ask is, how's your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Because he's going to work He's gonna work on you. He's going to work on me. Uh, I know. What? No, <laughs> and, that's not what know, I want. So I, many, want to, I want you to fix him. Fix him. <laughs> so many couples come in and they're like, he, he, she, yeah. she. And we're like, well, how's your relationship yeah. with the Lord? And being able to encourage people to grow. And and this is what I tell a lot of women who, or men whose spouse isn't pursuing Jesus the way that they are. That's, you gotta do, you gotta let Jesus do what he's gonna do in you. And then either you're gonna have a peace to be able to navigate that relationship well, or, you know, God's gonna change that person and work in that person. But you've gotta stay focused on your personal relationship with Jesus, because that's all you can do. You just can't change people as yeah. much as we want. We yeah. we want them to do... That's not our job. It's not our job. <laughs> and even if you have the right answer, yeah. it's not your job to... That's one of the things I think that talking with you, you don't go straight into counseling and telling, you know, when I come to yeah. you and I'm struggling with something, you don't go right into telling me what to do. I try not to give advice that much anymore um, because if it goes badly, <laughs> I'm held accountable. Yeah. I really, I think the great of, greatest form of discovery is self-discovery, right? For sure. And so if I can, I really try to help people. What's the Lord telling you? Right. How are you? I try to get them to understand and discover it for themselves because it's between you and the Lord. Right. Like we can't, it's not my job to judge you. It's not my job to tell you what to do. Or, I mean, there are times when I'll give counsel sure. according to scripture. Yeah. Um, but I, we had a pastor tell us, um, you're not, if you are either marriage counselors or you're their pastors. Right. 
Okay, so other than being part-time stand-up comedian, what are some <laughs> of your hidden talents that maybe people may not know? Oh my gosh, hidden talents? Well, let's see. I'm really good at spoons. Oh. <laughs> like if not I'm spooning, at, but the game yeah, of spoons. I also like spooning, <laughs> but the game of spoons, I'm like really good at, and I get violent and very competitive. Okay, I do too. Okay, this is something. We'll never play. <laughs> like I will dive across the I table. I will make it happen. I want to talk about what you've been learning lately that maybe has been like revolutionary to yeah. you or inspiring to you. I just think there's so many wonderful things out there that we just need to share with the world. Yeah, um, I've really learned that I can be okay when other people aren't okay with me. Mm. And that's been well, a huge, because like I said at the beginning, I was really a people pleaser. Yeah. Just l lay up at night worrying yeah. if somebody sent an email or a text or somebody, I felt like somebody was mad at me or anything. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. And I just, it was exhausting and I was really burnt out. And that's gonna be really hard as a pastor. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the stuff that comes flinging your yeah. way on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and really just the people business. Cause right. you can misinterpret everything. Mm -hmm. But I've just been working on being more comfortable knowing that I'm who God called me to be and that's who I am yeah. and that's okay. And if you have a problem with it, that's your problem, right. not my problem. Right. And it's a work in progress. Like it still tries to come back up where I'm concerned. I find myself worrying about what people are saying, but then I have to remember, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm doing what the Lord told me to right. do. Um, and I can be okay if they're not okay with me. Yeah, that's so good. It kind of leads right into this quote because this is so so good. Um, comparison, I think, is a huge thing in our world today. Right. So it says, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison steals from us. It takes the joy and confidence we have in who God has created us to be and forces us to withdraw our gifts and unique abilities from the body of Christ because we believe they are not useful. Comparison keeps us from loving one another and cheering one another on. When we are for one another, it doesn't take anything away from us. It adds. Yeah. Okay, unpack that for us. Well, I think wow. that's, as women especially, Yeah. but one of the core values of our church is celebration, and we really celebrate people. We obnoxiously clap for <laughs> yes, people. Like do. if you walk in our building during the week, <laughs> you're getting a standing ovation. And I just think it's, it's celebrating one another, but also learning that I can be good at what I'm good at and celebrate that you're good at something I'm not good at. Then we can work better together because of it, you know? And, and starting to learn that your addition to my life yep. and your uniqueness adds to my life. Right. And we can do life together. Right. And then we are the body of Christ. You know, I'm so thankful we don't all have the same gifts. We learned that the hard right. way. Church planting, you have to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to find people with different gifts. And I couldn't sit around being jealous that they were good at right. singing and I can't carry a tune in a bucket, right? I just can be thankful and appreciative that God brought somebody with a musical gift yeah. that could be, you know, united together with right. who we are. Yeah. And celebrating each other is such a, it's just a more peaceful place to live. Yeah. We, we had people say all the time when we were looking for a building, God gave us a building, God gave, and I was like, man, geez, God. And then I turned really quick and I started saying every time, if God can do it for you, he yep. can do it for us. And he did. Right. I mean, God provided a miraculous space for us. And I believe it's because we were able to turn our hearts from jealousy right. to celebration. You attract what you celebrate. 
Right. You know, you are drawn to what you celebrate and people are drawn to that in you. Yeah. I think comparison has just the thief of joy. Yeah. I mean, that is so true. There's so many people that, well, I don't have what they have. Right. And, you know, the world has taught us that through, especially through social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always existed before. Yeah. We know life before but social media. Face. But now it's in our face. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I always tell people, if you're looking at social media and you start feeling some kind of negative mm -hmm. way, whatever that feels yeah. like. I mean, if it's if it's stealing your joy, yeah. stop looking. Stop looking. Yeah. I, d I delete I delete those apps regularly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, can I do it again? Can I look again? Let's right. see how I feel. Right. But sometimes it just makes me feel bad. I know. So I just delete them. Right. And the thing is, is it's actually, we are happy for the other people, but because maybe we're not getting it, then all mm -hmm. of a sudden we're not joyful. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's you're not where in the you right are. Place. Yes. It, 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 sometimes I'm great and right. I can be, you know, but sometimes I, I start to compare and I get right. jealous and I'm like, I don't like how this feels. Right. And I've got to disconnect yep. and get with Jesus, right? I do the same thing. I love the quote that Carrie shares from her book. It says, Comparison is the thief of joy. And I also love this quote. Comparison kills what God tries to grow. My encouragement to you is let's stay open to what God is showing you, showing you individually. The importance of sharing our lives with you is that we all want freedom in our lives. We all need some kind of transformation to experience this true freedom. We don't need to place our life or our life experiences next to anyone else. Carrie and I's stories, they vary a lot, and every one of our journeys are powerful, and most importantly, they're filled with the purpose of God in your life, in our lives. So whatever your story is, whatever your journey is, God is there for you. I want you to share your truth bomb. So it's time for the Carrie Erickson oh truth boy. bomb. <laughs> so what that is, is you get to share for like 30 seconds, something okay. that when people walk away from this show, it's the thing that they remember you saying. And it can be anything. It can be completely separate from what we've already talked about yeah. today. Well, I was thinking about this and um, I have a, a one-liner in my office written on the wall um, and it's don't be frustrated with people. Mm. Keep a soft heart and thick skin. Yeah. I've learned um, that from you. Because in life, in ministry, in leadership, in anything, okay. if you start to become frustrated with people, you begin to isolate and you're alone. Yeah. But if we can truly have a thick skin and a soft heart, yeah. we can stay connected with people. And that's, that's key. That's who we were created to be. We were not created to be alone but we were created to do life with people. Yeah. And so that's my mo my motto. I don't, yeah. if I start to become frustrated with people, I do a quick heart check. Yeah. How can people follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Uh, and- How can they get your book? They can get my book on Amazon. Okay. It's for, available on Amazon or I have a website. Yeah, I have kerryerickson.com. Um, and it's all kind of linked to my website. So it's all there. Yep. And the Mercy City Church, we obviously have a website and an app and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for yes, being on the show. So I can't wait for you to come back and share more next time. Yeah, thank you. This show is brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, CHM, and ICCI. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.